Hey guys. Welcome to episode eight of Not For Discussion. My name's Alex Jenkins. I'm Keisha Davies. And in this episode, we just have a little bit of a deep dive about Keisha's short stint of sobriety and kind of what drove her towards that, I suppose. Yeah, and just kind of go over a couple of little things that have happened to me in my life, I guess. Well, not things that have happened to me. <laughs> things that have happened to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, but, you know, just a, a small disclosure if you're suffering or anyone else that you know is suffering from maybe uh, a couple of little mental issues or need some help, uh, please contact Lifeline. 131114. Easy. Enjoy the show, guys. Calls for immediate discussion. All right. Hello. Keish. How are we? Well, how are you? Yeah, well. Yeah, it's been a while between pods. It has. You've been well? I've been relatively well. Mm. Yeah. Relatively? Why relatively? Um, well, you know, just living life. Mm. I can't remember what we even spoke about on our last pod, where, yeah. where we were at. I think I just got back from Bali. Yep. And I was yeah. going back to Bali. Yeah, and you were looking at uh, changing jobs and… Yeah, and I was, and I was sober. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's been… It has been a while, hasn't it? Mm. How yeah. long you are… I know you're not completely sober. You're sober now at this in it instance. Am I? Well… No, I am. You appear to be. You drove here, so I hope so. I'm sober. Okay, cool. Um, how was your? How long was your sobriety? Three months. Yeah. Roughly. How was it? Rough. No, it was. It was rough in a social aspect, but it was like. As in why? Because you like used to being like when you go out and having a few drinks or whatever. Yeah, and like I think a lot of the reason why I did drink was just to mask like social anxiety. So I'd have a couple of drinks and then I was just like, woo, now I'm fun. Yeah. And and then, to be honest, I've kind of just picked that straight back up as soon as I've become not sober. But yeah. I haven't – I've put a little bit more of a limit on it, I guess. Yeah. So um, if I go out now, I'll try and just go out for the one one time per mm-hmm. weekend or per week. How, do you find, how are you finding it? Like what's your difference from – Sobriety, I guess, because you went from not being sober to then being sober for three months, mm-hmm. and then coming off, falling off the wagon again, I suppose, for lack of a bit of expression. Um, quite, uh, yep, fair enough. I I would say for falling off the wagon. Yeah, but, but it's not like you were trying. You weren't going to stay. You were doing it for. Were you doing it for three months, or you wanted to see how long you could go for, or you just kind of were doing it to? Yeah, I could just feel myself. Um, slipping into like bad habits. This when, is before. Went before I got sober. Yeah, like what sort of stuff? Like um, what drove it? When I was in Bali, mm-hmm. I was just my mental health was just wasn't the best. The first time you went. The first time I went. Yeah, yep. and then um, yeah, and then a lot of situations there um, triggered like um, my mental health to get increasingly worse, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I kind of just said to myself, like, either I'm going to start going down the same path that I was five or six years ago, or I'm going to pull it together and yeah. try and. Like, what was the, what's what I mean? Like, what were the struggles? Like, rather than just saying, you know, the, I was having a bad time or whatever. Like, I just kind of want to know, 
Um, what were they? What they were? Like I know it's you know, sometimes it might be a bit of a sore spot, but you know, like I guess that's why we do this podcast. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, fair enough. Okay, so um, when I got there, um, when I got there, it was probably like third or fourth night in. Mm. Um, went to went out to a bar, which I won't say which one it was, mm. and then um, I got roofied by a it, like a, a tourist, mm. and um, I was just really lucky that I had. Um, some good mates that I'd made there and also a couple of good friends from Perth mm. with me and they like, looked after me, took me home and I knew exactly what was going on because I had only had, because it was state of origin, mm. I like went to get up, um, go to the toilet and then it came back and someone bought me a drink and I was like, oh, that's nice. Like I've only had like three drinks in the whole night so I might be lightweight but that definitely was not my limit. And then I had 100% knowledge of what was going on and um, – This is up, like they said, like three drinks, but you were, what, were you just like kind of all over the shop, like sick or whatever or – No, no. So before I had the drink that I'm suspecting was the spiked one, yeah. I'd only had three drinks the whole night because I didn't want to get up in front of everyone at State of Origin. Yeah. So I don't like drawing attention to myself, yeah. especially only three drinks in. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of was sat at the table and I didn't get up to get drinks or whatever and then someone – bought me a drink when I was sitting with one of my mates and um, then when I went to the toilet, that person tried to kiss me and I like pulled away from him mm. and then um, – Was he just a random person? No idea who he is. Like, okay. Still don't – Oh, so he bought you a drink? He bought my friends and me a drink. Yeah. Um, but one of my friends was a very, very muscly man. Yeah. Very tall. Yeah. And um, so I'm not sure – I'm not sure – what he thought was going on. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. Yeah. But then I had the drink that he'd bought me and I went to the toilet again and um, this girl that was talking to my friend had like followed behind me. Yeah. And as I'd like gone to the toilet, I knew everything that was happening. I knew I could I could tell everything like it's hard to explain but – I knew everything you were aware was, of what was happening, yeah. but you couldn't. And you I could feel that. that I needed to move my body in a certain way, but I couldn't yeah. do that and yeah. I couldn't speak. And like the only thing, like I, all I could do was like just kind of make noises. And then, um, which is, to be fair, like in the past, I've gotten so written off at times that, yeah, yeah that I've gotten like, yeah, so written off at times that I've probably been in that state and it was self inflicted, but I know. And I knew at that time that this wasn't self-inflicted. Mm. And then um, I don't – I remember, like, trying to say to my friend, like, who it was. And um, when I was explaining – what he, well, when I was trying to explain, like, I only get, like, bits of words out or whatever. Yeah. And were then, they aware of – like, they obviously – did they think that you were, no. like, just drunk or they were, like, something's wrong? Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, okay. Was, yeah, they, they knew something was wrong. Because, like, I'd gone there – Alone to meet up with my mates. Yeah. Or not alone, but like to meet up with my yeah, mates. Yeah. And then I was going to just ride my scooter home. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I think I'd go to it. Regardless. Whatever, I don't, yeah. yeah I you wasn't didn't go there with the intention going. of a yeah. big night or anything no. like that. Because it was like I wasn't with anyone that I was like, I'm going to go out and have a massive yeah, night yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I was just going to go and, and I know go people to the can, gym. People can argue as well. They go, but it's Bali. You know, you never go. Sometimes, you know, you might make those plans to go somewhere and have a chill night. And obviously because it's party – Island, I suppose it's got that mm. atmosphere. 
that things will escalate, but like you say, from just a few drinks. Yeah. So then all of a sudden being kind of um, out of control of your own body or your actions. Yeah. Not that I could do anything that would have made me like all that worried because I was literally just like a dead weight and I was mm. lucky that my mate was there to carry me home because I don't mm. think anyone else would have been able to yeah. pick me up and put me in a taxi and then put me in my bed and you like – I, it was only my second or third night there, so no one really knew where I was staying except for one person. Mm. And um, luckily, like, he was there with me. And then, um, yeah, and then I just woke up the next day. I was just, like, in my, like, still in my clothes from mm. the night before and I was, like, had the worst anxiety for a couple of days. And I was, like, just kept thinking to myself, was that me, like, just getting drunk and I've just, you know, it's barley alcohol or like whatever, the same as like when I used to go skiing, I'd take two drinks and I'd be drunk but then everyone would be like, it's the altitude and I'm like, no, I'm just a lightweight. Yeah. But it was literally like I know what it feels like to be drunk and that was not That's drunk. not what you felt like, yeah. And um, yeah, and then we found out a couple of days, like in the days leading, not the days leading up to, the days following, following yep. um, that another girl – there that night had been same thing. Same thing had happened to her. Diff- like separate girl, like not friends or like friends of mutual friends or something like that. Um, fr- like everyone was kind of. It was a small place, so I, I knew exactly who it was just mm. because we had spoken, like at some stage. I think they were at the table next to us, mm. and like my friend was talking to. I don't understand why people do this. I don't either. in the first place, like. I guess to a degree I can understand why mates do that to mates, like as in like for a laugh, just to see. But at the same time it's like, come on, like you don't know, especially when you don't know either if it's something like whatever it was, mm. you don't know the amount that someone can tolerate or if they're allergic to it or whatever. Yeah, well like. That's a, a, a joke. And then, but even then, and then going to this scenario where a guy is doing it to a girl presumably to – take advantage of her at some point maybe, I don't know, or some people think they're doing it as a favour so that they can have a good time or something, I don't know. Like, I don't think that was as a favour to be honest. No, like, no, no, not this, no. Like, yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think it's it ever a favour. Like, I, I, I don't understand how guys do, or people do that to someone else. Yeah, I definitely to, think it's For their own ways. benefits. Yeah. Well, when um, apparently when we got back to the house that I was – the villa that I was staying at, um, I could get like a few words out and I just said like the colour of his hair and like a descriptive, mm. um, something descriptive about his appearance and then it all clicked for my friend and he just like ran back and tried to find him but we didn't see him again like the whole trip so it must have been like his last night or something, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Or just like, I don't know, maybe he dyed his hair. Yeah. But that was, so essentially this is, is that what led to you just being like, no, nah, I don't want to drink anymore, don't want to do anything? No, not really. Like that was just a bit of um, – I think I was just masking. From there I was like, oh, maybe that's like a warning sign or whatever. So I had a couple of days where I wasn't drinking and then, um, yeah, just kind of got sucked back into it again. Mm. And um, I tried – well, I didn't try very hard, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to get written off tonight. And I wasn't. I don't think I ever was when I was over there. I don't think I was written off. I probably was, but like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. like, 
there's not there wasn't a day where I woke up and I was like I don't remember a single thing yeah, yeah, yeah. except for that time where I was um drugged yeah actually there was yeah except for that time that I was um yeah roofied but there's other times that I've just like when I was over there that I was like not I think I was just taking advantage of how easy it is to drink and have fun yeah and um there was like a lot of there's a lot of um a lot of people I knew that were there as well like coming and going yeah. a lot of my friends had moved there so every time someone it was like oh I'm here for a week or oh I'm here for a couple of days it was like oh, okay yeah you got to do it oh, oh it's there last night like mm. it wasn't it wasn't like pressure but it was kind of the pressure I put on myself like oh go out and have a good time with these people because might not see him for a while, whatever, mm. even though I probably would have seen him three times in my life. No, <laughs> no mm. but like, you know, like it, it probably wasn't that important that I was going out and drinking. And I think that that's where I was trying to um, reassess why I was drinking because by the time I, by the end of the trip, I was drinking like every day mm. and it was not, it wasn't for fun. It was like to numb what I was like, it was, to numb something, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think that that's something that I really had to reflect on since being home because I think um, drinking to numb something or any type of substance abuse or any type of addiction to numb something is obviously there's an underlying problem that you're masking and you aren't ready to address it or you're not addressing it for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, I think that that's something that I've had really tried to focus on for the last three months leading yeah. up to. And then so basically um, tackling those whatever underlying things are that you've got to deal with yourself. Yeah. yeah. How'd that go then for the three months of you know, sobriety, I suppose? Um, what were you doing? A lot of hard truths, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, there was – so um, I just re- – well, not research, but I looked a lot into my attachment style – and how I come off as a person because I know that... When you say attachment style, what's that? Like with other people? Um, yeah, so I think we might have spoken about it before in the past about like, so the secure attached, anxiously attached, avoidant attached. Um, I don't think we've spoken about that. Okay. No, we spoke about love languages and stuff like that. But mm, not about this. Like it was the same. Okay. Well, um, they're just, your, your attachment styles are how you were... Conditioned to love. Yeah. So as a um, as a child or like an infant, yeah. how you're conditioned to love and um, they're reflective of how you interact in relationships later okay. on in life. Yeah. So a secure attached person is basically they're not avoiding love and they're not um, overcompensating to make sure that they are loved. Mm. Um, they're just this is relationship is working or it's not. Yeah. And I'm in it 100% until I'm not in it. Yeah. And that's just how secure – that's a very, very brief description of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have always thought that I'm avoidantly attached, like I will avoid love. Also, like I'll, the chase is there, whatever, and then when I'm in a relationship I'm like avoid, like, okay, that's too much, like you're too close to me or you're too this or I'll – push people away yeah. but um, when reflecting on that 
like my whole, well, not my whole life, but like, yeah. Relationships. Yeah, relationships yeah. and even relationships with friends and family or whatever. I, I understand that I'm anxiously attached, um, which basically means that I overcompensate and then I don't understand when, well, in the past I haven't understood why, um, oh, look, I've done all these I've done all of these nice things like I'm this, I'm this, like I'm mm. a giver, if that makes mm. sense. And um, it's basically... But so does that mean like if you're giving, like you always feel like you need to be doing that, like you're, that's how you would show love and or affection, but then if someone's doing it that way, you like kind of push it away. Not push it away, but like try and avoid it and be like, no, 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 like it makes you uncomfortable. Um, like do you, is it like you would maybe like feel like you're not, Worthy of it, like for lack of a better description, maybe. Uh, I think it's a very complex um, concept. Like, yeah. So, the for me, I think that I the reason I thought I was avoidant was because I do that in relationships. Like I self sabotage, if mm. that makes sense. So I'll like get to a point, even in friendships, like I'll get to a point where I'm like, this person wants to spend all this time with me, like. I'm like kind of not worthy of it and I'll push them away. Mm. But in relationships I'll like give and give and give and give and then I'll be angry at them that they don't see that I'm like – Giving. Yeah, or not not exactly giving but like I'll, I'll be like, oh, I've done all these nice things. Like why can't you just love me the way that I want to be loved? But it's this is all subconscious obviously. I'm not like – well, probably I'm a – Because you would have all these thoughts without actually communicating them. And then just let it build up? Um, no, I think I'm very good at communicating, but I just don't understand where the thoughts are stemming from. I think that was the next level of self-development that I was on in this sobriety. Yeah. Because um, I would say, oh, when when you do this, it makes me feel like this. Yeah. I was very good at communicating how yeah. I feel, but I didn't understand why I felt that way. Like okay. I wasn't really in touch with what made me feel a certain way. Yeah. So – even as friend, even to my friends, I'll give. I'll I'd stop everything to like go pick a maid up from the airport or go and do this or go and do that. If it, even if it made me my day really not run smoothly, mm. um, I'd stop everything to go and do because I just wouldn't say no because I was people pleasing, mm. and that's a form of basically it's a form of like attachment that if you don't recognize that it's you your behavior is trying to seek validation from a person which is this is all the realizations that i kind of came to at that in the self-development mm. type of stuff like obviously i'm still working on it but um basically i would always say that's just how i love like i love full-on kind of thing but it's not it will it, it is because that's what i felt but Instead of me taking responsibility for what I was doing, um, I was just trying to seek validation in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like validating myself by saying like, oh, this person needs me because I'm giving, 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 giving. And why would they get rid of me? Because I'm adding value to adding the value life, to yeah. the Yeah. But realistically, instead of just being myself, um, I was just overcompensating, if that makes sense. I read a really good um, – it's pretty brutal, but I can read it to you. Yeah. Um, I read this when I was 
one day and I was like, mm, this is. Are you related to it? I, yeah. Um, this is from the Your Relationship School on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, if you're an over piss you are, over functioner, somebody who double, triple, quadruple texts, I don't do that. <laughs> People out of reactivity, someone who identifies with anxious attachment or has codependent tendencies, you cannot absolve yourself of all responsibility by saying, that's just how I love. That's arrogance and not facing the truth of your behaviours. You have to understand that your needs are coming from a place of insecurity, not authenticity. And while a safe partner will support you with those needs, it is not your, it is your responsibility to heal the wounded parts of you which require constant validation and approval to feel safe and worthy. When you are desperately chasing somebody and constantly texting them without giving them the space, what you are really doing is that you're soothing your anxiety by reaching out to them and when they don't and when you don't hear back from them, if that it validates your I'm too much or I'm not I'm not enough belief triggers your attachment injury and keeps the cycle going. That's the needy energy that repels people. Mm. Before you text, call, pursue, ask yourself these two questions. Am I texting them because I want validation and approval or am I texting them because I genuinely want to connect with them? What uh, would your secure and healthy version of me send this text? This isn't the one that I wanted to read you, but I'm just going to carry on reading it. Yeah. Um, the desire that is born out of genuineness and authenticity is very calm and subtle. It comes from a grounded and centered place within us. It comes from a place of wholeness and completeness. The desire that is born out of insecurity is very addictive. It disturbs and drains us. It comes from a place of lack and scarcity. Yeah, so then it just gives situations. But basically that's like the whole concept of um, come to the relationship with an empty cup. You're going to steal the water that's in theirs. Yeah, okay. So basically sense. you'll do things that you would think would please them to keep them there for you to feel loved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but really you essentially should be going to any relationship, friendship, like loving relationship, whatever, with a full cup of your own. Yeah. Within you, like that, I guess that full cup represents your self worth and your confidence and my wholeness, yeah. completeness. That I don't that that one doesn't resonate with me as much as the one that I actually did want to read you. But the um, like, I wouldn't if someone didn't message me back, I'll just be like whatever. Like, unless it was a friend. Yeah. And if it is a friend, then they know what I'm like and that I can communicate with them a certain way, if that makes sense. Like I wouldn't, if someone didn't message me back, I'd just take that as they're busy or whatever. But um, I do get what that those examples are saying. Like mm. if you would a complete version of myself send this text message, like I do reread over my messages now and think am I, ta- am I reading into a situation too much? And then if someone messages me back after I've already asked myself that question saying, like, are you overthinking? Mm. Say, don't, don't, like, devaluate, devalue, devalue my um, feelings because yeah. that's obviously I've already asked myself that question. Mm. I guess it's just, like, recognising. 
your faults and trying to learn how to um it's hard because obviously everyone's got their own uh, interpretation of different situations as well like you know let's say 90% of the time 95% of the time certain situations people would agree roughly on a, like how they feel or what they think about it or whatever it is mm. and then obviously you get like you say conversations with whoever and then you um and then you especially over like text i find text and all that sort of stuff like you get the, like you lose a bit of context on how someone's saying something and like however they um what their inflections are and all that sort of stuff on the way they they're talking about something and how their emotion is um so text is a big text emails all that sort of any sort of digital print uh or print in general i suppose but you don't get to understand it fully so like say if you text someone or you're texting someone back or they don't text you back because they're busy or whatever then you can kind of read into that and be like oh why didn't they do it why are they doing this why did they say that why didn't they say this and i saw um i think it was like a skit from like might have been saturday night live or something like where one guy's texting a friend saying um talking about let's say they're talking about a comedy thing Mm. they're gonna meet up somewhere and he goes, hey, man, um, are we still good for tonight? Are we still good? And the other guy's like, takes it as in like, he was, the first two was being like aggressive. Mm. He's like, are we still good? Are we still good? What do you mean are we still good? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and then goes on. He's like, all right, well, uh, no worries. Like, cool, I'll see you tonight at 7.30. And he's like, what do you mean you'll see me tonight at seven? Like, just yeah. kind of reading and let be they've got both guys, one guy's sending it with like a hell laugh and happy, mm. the other is taking it on the defence. Yeah. Um, that is, yeah, that's obviously communication. Mm. Um, I think we have this, we've definitely spoken about on mm. the pod before, the 7%. Yeah, for sure. The 7% because we spoke about <laughs> how I'd message you and I was like, you just sent me a K back. Yeah. I never said K. Okay. No, I sent you a question okay. mark or something, yeah. Oh, yeah, question mark, yeah. yeah. The old question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, conversation, uh, communication, and conversation gets lost if it's just one, one way of receiving the means. Like obviously, face to face is the best, mm. and that's why I always try and have important conversations face to face. Yeah. So then, obviously, after through all this, um, like you're doing your three months, mm-hmm. did you find that your was it like I guess essentially like a self validation? Um, I think. How'd you find it? Uh, I think I was more trying to understand, so um, I, was, I was trying to understand what I was numbing with drinking yeah. and I guess something that I realised was that I'm probably never going to, like there's no point of being healed, mm. like I'm not, I'm going to have to constantly work on whatever it is that I'm working on at that time and at the moment I think it's just like making sure that. I'm okay and my my cup's full on mm. my own, mm. which I do – I think I come off as like a really um, like avoidant person in the way that I'm like I don't want to – like I don't need a boy or like anything like that. Mm. But I do – like I feel like I'm quite needy of my friends and when I'm – when I – 
make a friend and um, put effort into that relationship, I'm like, oh, like, do they value me? And I mm. kind of like question myself all the time. Yeah. Which, which you have no re- – there's no real reason to – Yeah. Question it, just accept it. You should – well, in theory, you should just accept it. It's like someone – let's say you really like someone, guy, that girl, like friend like or more or whatever – they get along and you like go to that effort of texting them saying, hey, you want to do this or you want to do that? And they're like kind of maybe like get to a point where they're either these timelines don't meet up or you don't hear from them often and you just got to get to that point of being like, oh, well, fuck it. Like it's just not meant to be rather than be like try and chase yeah. their friendship or, you know, validation. I think, I think the thing – I think the thing that I struggled with the most and the realisation that I had had was that I don't like being misunderstood. Like I don't, I, I want, especially if it's a like a situation that I, because I, I feel like I always have best intentions. Like I always, even if I'm like being cheeky in a way. Like if I upset someone, I want to say sorry. And if that, if somebody doesn't give me the opportunity to do that, then that's when I get quite anxious and distressed. Like yeah. I'm like, well, I just want, I just want you to understand me. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think that that was. A lot of what I had to do, like, I had to kind of work out that, okay, I can't always give an explanation. I can't always do this. I can't always do that. Like, I just need to accept that that's the past and And move we need to that. accept that people need to accept you rather than, like, I understand not everyone's going to accept it, but if they don't, then it is what it is. I, I guess there's also points to that where people shouldn't just go, well, that's who I am, that they should just. Except me. You're like, well, yes and no. Like, you've also got to be aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it and who yeah. it affects and how it affects them. Yeah. But, you know, if it's something that you're doing that you actually believe in or you think is a value for you and you're okay with that, then, yeah, of course, people need to accept you for you in that regard. And if you're not doing anything intentionally to be a dick, but people might – because someone's always going to get offended or disagree yeah. – with whatever you do or how you do it or what you say and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think I think obviously it's like like we've spoken about in the past like I'm a lot of my friends have got children, like a lot of my really good friends have got children and married like that kind of thing. They're kind of moving in a direction that's family life now rather than like hey, you want to go and get do this or go and do that or whatever. And, like, yeah, it's good because I get to see them every couple of weekends mm. and this, that and the other. But I I think this was the thing that kind of not upset me about being sober but, like, I kind of came to this realisation that I was like, I'm not that social if unless it's drinking. And, like, I can be, like, at the gym. Like, I'll say hi to people or whatever but I'm not, like, going out of my way to be, like, I'm going to go down and have a soda mm. around people that are drinking because our culture is just so um, alcohol-motivated, I guess. Well, I think it's it's funny because um, I'm not sure if I've said this to you before or even on here or anything, but so a mate of mine who I, I used to live or I met through a dude I lived with in Canada when I was living in Canada, he would say – so he's like an alcoholic, like all mm. – I guess – once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, regardless of how many years you've been sober. He was sober at the time for like 10 or 12 years or something, so it's been nearly 20 years, I suppose, now. But he would still say to people, hey, let's go for a beer. 
as an expression. And I know like so kind of in that, what you're saying with that culture. And people would look at him and be like, but you're in a, like, you don't drink. And he's like, well, it's just an expression. I don't mean I'm going to have a beer. Like, you can have a beer yeah. and I'll have a soda or Coke or a coffee or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people kind of get sucked into that point of when you go on to meet up with people, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll have a beer. You don't need to have a beer. You can go and have a water or you can go have a Coke. But then, and there's, I think, nothing wrong with that at all. Like, even a mate of mine, just recently, so like you know, we do our, our Wednesday nights. We have our boys' night. Boys so night. Boys' night Wednesday nights, yeah. And we've been doing that for well, nearly twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the blokes has said just recently he couldn't come out. He had some he had some sort of um, like an infection, and in he's like a some sort of yeah, an infection in his liver or kidney or something like I don't know mm-hmm. some sort of like gut health issue. So he basically can't drink for a little bit which mm-hmm. is fine but then he ha- and he also has to eat certain foods i think or stay away from certain foods maybe so by the time he'd finish up doing whatever he'd do in like a wednesday arvo finish yoga or something like that and then by the time he's made dinner and then come by the time he could get down he said it'd be like 7 30 8 o'clock he goes i can't even drink so there's no point in coming down and i was like well, it's not about having drinks it's about time with the boys like mm. and which um, and I'd spoken about this with another friend as well. It's not like as in the, the principle of this whole the boys' night thing is that sometimes there's some guys that you only see on Wednesday nights. Mm. So whether you've got kids or misses or you work or whatever it is, it's just like a, a way to escape and then talk to your friends and it's kind of like a like we're checking up on each other without actually checking up on each other. It's just everyone being there and being healthy. And Some guys blame that they can't be there because they've got kids, and which is – a massive cop out in my opinion because every other like or not every other person but there's a lot of other people that have kids and still manage to do things like you only have to come down for an hour or do something it's like our like our men's health i suppose like you know like yeah friends health yeah and um, it's whatever you prioritize isn't it so yeah but that's i think so not saying that you shouldn't prioritize your kids but no 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 of course not no no but it's like at the end of the day you're no good to your kids or your family or to anyone else if you're not good to yourself yeah Cup's empty. So, exactly. Yeah. So, like, so, like I said, so going back to like you know that culture thing, you say like when some people come in and go, oh yeah, no, I don't want to, I couldn't. There's no point in me coming. I can't drink. I couldn't give a fuck if you drink or not. Like I'm not there to see you drink. I'm there to see you. Yeah. You know, like. Um, I think. Yeah, that definitely does make sense. And then, then the, having said that as well, you get other people like who come out and they go, oh no, I'm not drinking, and people are like, oh, why not? It's yeah. not so bad. I don't find maybe it's because we're getting a little bit older, but definitely when we were younger, yeah, people would be like, "Why not? Like, what's wrong? Oh, you, you know, whatever." <laughs> like, no. so that culture is just like dying. I think it's dying a bit now. I saw. I didn't read the article, but I did see an article where like kids, because it's like leavers or schoolies or whatever. There's a bunch of kids that were over in the Goldie, and they were like, "Nah, nah." We're not drinking. We're just having like we're on a holiday now with our mates from like celebrating that we finished school. But we're not going out and get on the piss. We don't want to wake up hungover and shit or get yeah. into any fights or have trouble. Apparently, that the drinking culture between younger Australians now, I suppose, is like on a decline or it's like a lot lower. That's good. Yeah, I think so too because that's kind of hopefully waving that drinking culture that somehow we seem to have got stuck into, I guess, wonder if it's because of the convicts days and, you know, people come over here, a lot of it like immigrants from England or Germany or uh, Ireland or whatever, and then it's like because it's hot, 
drink. Hard work, deserve beer. Yeah. Beer, 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 so on and so forth. Yeah, and I think I think um, a lot of it was to do with so how I was talking before about validation. Yeah. Like it's so basically it's the same as any addiction. I think so. You are addicted to your phone, you're addicted to your social yeah. media, anything like that. Like addicted to drinking mm. um, or drugs or whatever. Um, you get like a dopamine hit from whatever that is, yeah. and that is another form of being like validated in a way. Yeah, it's yeah. like you can be addicted to that hit of dopamine. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I've got 20 likes on my photo. I've got 20,000 likes on my photo. Yeah. It's like that form of validation, I guess, is like a way of also numbing something that you haven't dealt with. Yeah. And like I just, I guess recognising addictions is like, a huge thing that I've learned I need to be able to do more effectively. Yeah. Because I think, and also choosing what you want to be addicted to, I suppose, which is hard. I guess it's a weird thing to say, choosing what you want to be addicted to. But, yeah. um, you know, obviously things you'd prefer to be addicted to are things that are going to be an attribute or to… Like meditation. Yep. Yeah. Well, that'll be like they uh, are going to help you. Like they, they're yeah. an improvement on yourself. Yeah. Whether it's mentally, physically, or both. Yeah. And typically, I find that those things kind of go hand in hand. Mental and physical health go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, yeah. Generally, if mm. you say I'm super depressed, but you haven't left the house in 40 days and yeah, you've yeah, just yeah. been sitting on the couch and eating McDonald's, then yeah. you probably are going to be pretty depressed because you're not getting any of the things that you need. Yeah. Sunlight, food, Bit of that, like health. Heart workout. Yeah. Yeah, even just sitting in the sun, yeah. you feel ten times better, I reckon. So what? Did you, so now, okay. So you're back drinking again? Occasionally, yeah. 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 Um, have you been a bit more probably conscious on how much you're drinking, what you, where you're drinking, uh, sort of events or anything like that? Yes and no. So I this weekend I'd planned to drink twice mm. because I had um, my work Christmas party and then I had a hens, mm. but I just didn't feel right. On the Saturday, so I didn't drink at the hens. Okay. Um, which I, th- I was kind of proud of because yeah. I was like, I could just push through this and like um, suppress the anxiety that yeah, I feel yeah. right now by getting. You know, you'd wake up the next day even more twice anxious. As worse. Like, probably would be trying to say like, we can't do the pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not today, but like yesterday, that would have yeah. been. And still, that's where the whole two-day hangover for me would come from. I think yeah. like two days drinking straight. Two days hungover. Yeah, definitely. So how that? How was the hands? How did you find it? Were you anxious? Like obviously, with were you drinking at all, or you, when you say you're not drinking, you're just not drinking? Um, I had a espresso martini. Yeah. When I got there, but that was more because I was tired and I didn't. I kind of gave most of it to someone else. Okay. So I like, more had it there just because it was. It was there. Yeah, it was worth kind of just like having a drink in front of me. Yeah. There was other drinks, but I didn't want. like champagne and stuff like that. So I think because I've recognised that I don't actually like drinking champagne or many wines, like I don't mind a red wine, but it's not not the time of year. Mm. And um, I think beer is just like a no-go for me anyway. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's it's been a bit easier to be able to be like, no, I don't drink that, I don't Mm. drink that, Mm. because I don't want to drink like... $60 worth of drinks and have three drinks 
if I'm drinking cocktails. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I guess... It's funny, hey, because people see that, like kind of a bit of a segue, but see people see that you're spending 60 bucks and then you're drinking something you don't want, and you don't even want to drink. So they see it as you're spending 60 bucks and you're not getting drunk rather than probably really what these drinks are there for is not to get drunk but to enjoy them. It's like going yeah. to a meal, like having a meal and being like, oh, I'm not even full. You know, you're like, well, you yeah. don't pay to be for full. a burger to be full as such, like to get chockers. Like you pay for it because it tastes good. Or and you want to enjoy it. It's the experience, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, well, I, I haven't really been out and just had – actually, I did. I went to um, Little Creatures in mm, Frio mm. and I had a – like one drink there and then I was like, I'm going to go home. Mm. Mainly because my headlights are um, broken in my car and I needed to go home before dark. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's it. I know it's easy fix but. Isn't that just the one? No, both are gone now. Both gone? Oh, yeah. okay, sweet. Yeah. So after, if I, when I realised that that was going on, I had to drive home with my high beams on and I was like, please don't pull me over. Yeah. I'm yellow stickered. Don't oh, need that. I don't. That's another headache. More anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that was that would definitely be self inflicted because yeah. like I've no one, I could definitely change them in like twenty minutes. Yeah, because I'm legendary <laughs> auto electrician. Pretty good. No, I'd ask my brother-in-law, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I've not really, I've not really sifted through the emotions of the the drinking. Um, times that I've had out, if that makes sense. Since? Since having them. And I think that, that uh, this next weekend I'm having sober, uh, like we'll sober next week. So. When you I, say you haven't sifted through the emotions, what do you mean? Like why? If you haven't been drinking or doing what, you know, like all the ones you have been, have you had those like jolts of anxiety again after? Yeah. Yep. Um, so every, every time I've drunk, I've had like an anxious day after. I know you text me the other day. Ask, say, yeah. you know, what did you say? He said, I hope I didn't embarrass you or something. Oh, you weren't embarrassed of me or whatever. And I was like, not yeah. even a little bit. Because we went out on the Sunday and. Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, Sunday night to the. Little event, yeah. Thing, yeah. Whamfest. But, um, yeah, no, so that's the sort of stuff that you kind of, you get worried about what you've done or what you were like or whatever. Mm, I usually just replay what I've, like, the thing, even though I know, like, logically, I can't change anything. Mm. I just replay what I've done in my head and then I'm like, oh, what did I say to that person? Or I remember seeing that person, like, did I say anything that could upset them or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just will think about conversations or whatever. But it, that comes from, I guess that comes from times where I actually have embarrassed myself mm. and not wanting to be that person, if that makes sense. Mm. So in the past... If I, I guess like, a lot of people have that. Um, a lot of people have that. Fear or thought, I suppose, um, of being like, oh, fuck, I had a big night. What did I do? What did I say? Who did I say it to? Like yeah. things like that. Like, but then, you know, most times try not to overthink about it because like you say, there's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can do is don't do it again or yeah. talk to the person and then if, you know, even if they are fine with it, I think depending, it's all, I guess, at the end of the day, it's up to you and how you feel about it. If you don't care about it, kind of what we were saying before about, you know, oh, that's just who I am, people should just accept me, which is like, yes and no. If you're okay with what you've said and what you've done and there's, like, you haven't 
upset anyone or you don't think you've offended someone by saying, oh, you didn't say anything like sexist or racist or like just Which being I never ignorant would anyway. or no, 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 but I'm just saying in general, like if you haven't done that and then someone disagrees with maybe how you are, or maybe get carried away on the piss, but you're not doing anything wrong, whatever. Yeah. And if you're okay, and if you're okay with it, then that should be fine. But it's just like you say, it's like you get home and then the next day you're thinking about it, you probably got that hangover. And I don't know what effects that has on your brain as far as like what sort of toxins I suppose it releases where people get that come down, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they get those negative thoughts. I guess because alcohol is a, it's a downer, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it might make people feel good at the time but then that's the downer I guess is. I think it's an over um, – th- this is just off the top of my head because I don't actually know but I think it's just an over um, – so you have a lot of – I don't know what drug um, – what hormone it would be like dopamine, serotonin or whatever. Yeah. You've got an abundance of it and then the next day you're in a surplus. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm assuming that's what it's. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think I have. I've listened to a podcast before. The one that made me think, like, I'll stop drinking. Yeah. He really explains it quite well. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Yeah. And it's he, Andrew Huberman. Yeah. yeah. And he um explain like he goes into detail about whatever like all the things. The releases you know. that we have yeah, from yeah, drinking yeah. and drugs but and like whatever every or exercise. Yeah. Like, yeah, he goes into extreme detail. Well, not extreme, but, like, you know, he goes into a great amount of detail for it and that made me realise, like, yeah, I don't need a drink, mm. whatever. But I think what you were talking about probably for me, like I can only speak on my own behalf, like would come from a limiting belief that I've kind of been working on for a number of years. A limiting belief, did you say? Yeah, yeah, so, like, something that I that my ego is trying to protect me from. Mm. So... I'm constantly looking for information in everyday activities mm. to reaffirm this limiting belief that I've imprinted in my brain from a young age or whatever. Mm. So, and I think that that is like I'm too much. So, I'll always, when I get anxious, I'll always be like, "Oh, was I too much for that person? Was I too much?" Like, and that's I think that's because it's not like from childhood conditioning. I think it was from like a relationship that I had when I was quite young. Mm. Um, it was. I I was ne- I never used to overcompensate or anything like that and I think that this person um just used to like suppress my personality in a way um whether it was an intentional or not in- telling you to calm down or stop this yeah, or stop or like that. that's embarrassing or like this like chill out or like um and I'd worked with a couple of coaches in the last couple of years and one of them kind of opened my mind to this thought of that's why in the past I've struggled with like body image and that type of thing because I'll always I'll I'll think that I'm too much and if I'm anxious about that particular thing I'll try and make myself small like I'm even, even though it's metaphorically smaller yeah like I was bringing it into the now and being like I need to be smaller because I'm too much for yeah, yeah. x y and z or whatever like that well, to me, that made a whole lot of sense because I was like, why am I so bothered about what I look like? Like, no one's going to be, like, I just had to keep telling myself that, like, 90% of the people that look at me are probably aren't seeing me. Yeah. Like, as anything other than, like. They see you as to what you are. Yeah. Don't give but a fuck, yeah. I've literally 
created this image in my head of what I am like and mm. I guess that's what I get anxious about in the long run. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, was I that person? Was I that person? I guess it's funny, eh, because on a similar thing, I've, um, I remember seeing like a doco on uh, people who had like eating disorders or something like that who were like anorexic. Yeah. And they would see, um, they would see as an experiment, doctors or um, psychologists or whatever would show these whoever's anorexic, show them photos of other people who are anorexic. Yeah. And like I guess they had like these sensors on their brain to show like how their brains reacted to certain mm-hmm. images and whatnot. And they would show these people other photos of people who were also anorexic and that person would be like, fuck, that, like, that person's skinny, like they're anorexic or whatever. Yeah. But then they would show them a photo of themselves and they would go, I'm fat. Yeah. And you're like... Dude, you're like ex- essentially exactly the same as the last person and the one next we're going to show you. But that in their head, like you say, they are like they've just it's in their mind yeah. how they see themselves, and it's not the way that other people see. It. Like other people would see that person and be like, "Fuck, man, you're you need to eat." Like yeah. you know, which sounds and then they would someone would say that they go to eat and then they wouldn't be able to be or wouldn't be able to or they'd go throw up later or something like that because they were so worried about their image. Yeah. Which was only in their own mind, not from the same outlook that other people had on them. Yeah, I think so that was definitely me. Um, like the, that that whole concept was explained to me as body dysmorphia. Yeah. So um, I would look at myself and be like, when I get to this size, I'll be happy. Yeah. But like when I was the size that I wanted to be, I always wanted to be smaller. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I'd just – it would just be – I was – I was so depressed because I barely ate anything and my brain didn't have the energy that I needed to, like, run Function, it. yeah, yeah. Like, I'd eat a bit of chicken and I'd be like, oh, I'm so full. Yeah. But it'd be like not a, a breast of chicken. It would be like a little tiny little strip Dice. what you'd give your yeah. cat. Yeah, like, yeah. Here you go, here's a treat. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, that'll be enough for today. Like, it, it, and then even thinking about that now, I just, I can't That's even. Wild. Yeah, I can't even. How was your I, transition from that sort of stuff? Um, from because I feel like could that not be like a similar situation with like the anxiety and all that sort of stuff? It's still the same, essentially the same principles as looking at yourself from an yeah. outward to inward way. Do you know what I mean? That was the very beginning of my like mindset wellness yeah. journey. Like I didn't think anything was wrong with me then. Like I was a very sad person, and I didn't really understand why. Like I, I, I don't think anything's wrong with you now, mate. I. I don't think anything was ever wrong with me, to be no. honest, but, like, it was just – then I was like, why am I so sad? What am I – like, Like I've got an amazing life. Change, yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess I didn't have enough knowledge or drive to be like, I've got to change something. Yeah. I was just like, I'll just – you know, something will help me sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it was just that, like – Waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Rather than actually making something happen. Yeah. And, like, Geordie – my sister Jordy, yeah. um, encouraged me to go to counselling and that type of thing. That From that, I moved into like, um, yeah, then I started on antidepressants How did you find that. that, like going into camp, like I've done that, gone and seen psychologists, all those sorts of things. Um, the hardest part about them I found is booking it. Yeah. And then going to that first appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. And then once you've done it, you're like, oh. I look forward That's to fine, it. yeah. And then, uh, and then also, if people ask about it, 
or go, have you ever done this? Or would you go to that? And you're like, yeah, I've done it. Or I've, and I've said that to people like, yeah, I've gone and done this before. And they're like, oh, really? You went and did that? Mm. You don't seem like you would need to. I'm like, well, it's not like yeah. I'm going there because of, you know, sometimes, yeah, fully. Service it's car. just like going to a fucking run. Yeah. Like for your bot, like whatever. It's like you, your brain sometimes, you know, gets its own ideas and runs away with them. And it needs um, a personal trainer, so to speak, to come back and be like, no, no, those ideas, like, you know, they might have a bit of validity to them, but you need to aim them in this direction. Yeah. I think… Fix your technique. Yeah. And I I think a lot of people don't have the tools that they… No, everyone. I think everyone doesn't have every single thing that they need in their toolkit. Mm -mm. And there's always another way of… It's an accumulation. Yeah. Over time, yeah. So talking to people, talking to other people, that I guess that's where the whole talk to your mate like concept comes from and without making it politically correct or over analyzing anything about it that's basically the bread and butter of it like talk to your mate because if you talk to somebody about something then like problem shared is a problem halved basically yeah 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 yeah, yeah. at least if you open the conversation even if they're not receptive of it you feel better for saying it out loud Mm -hmm. and not just no one would – well, some people probably would nowadays, but in the past, like, there was no way that I'd sit in front of the mirror and be like, okay, so this is the problem that I'm dealing with right now, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Like, seven whys. Yeah. Yeah, seven whys. So you ask, yeah, like I think we've spoken about this as well, but just to briefly run over it, seven whys is whatever there is like a an issue or um, you want to find something out about yourself or about a decision you're making or an action you're doing – Ask yourself why seven times. So if why and then answer. Yeah. And then go, okay, if that's the answer, kind of like a toddler. So, and then, but, yeah. but why? And then you get that answer. And before you get to the seventh one, you will have that the true actual answer, yeah. answer that as to what you believe. Be like, all right. And it's sometimes it fucking hurts. Yeah. Like that truth. And be like, okay, well, okay, I don't need that. Or what I'm, why I'm doing whatever it is, is invalid or I'm doing it. A, and you go, okay, well, I'm doing it. For, Wrong reasons, maybe, or yeah, um, or the opposite. It is actually you're doing it right, and you believe in what you're doing, and and it should all be fine. And don't forget your don't forget your reason, mm-hmm. like so your if, core. Yeah, your core reason. So asking yourself why sometimes can help you get back to that core reason uh-huh. somehow. Yep. Yeah. So that's I, good. So you found um, going through. I guess like you just say, like you're not always going to have all the tools, but that's why you're going through different avenues and. To try and help yourself, I suppose. I guess my story, like, ah, uh, my story, my, yeah, my story. Mm. I guess that um, it started, it started long enough ago for me to have um, a, a story worth going into. Yeah. Um, but. Just would don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now that the whole idea of the maintenance thing, that's why I meditate, that's why I journal, that type of stuff, but. I was, I was using, um, I was using alcohol to suppress whatever it was that I needed to work on. Like I was stunting my growth, yeah. so to say. Yeah. So I was, I wasn't, I wasn't growing and I wasn't healing anything. I was just, I was prolonging just, it and yeah. band-aiding it. And I was like, almost in a, I was probably yeah plateauing. Yeah. So, and I'd come, I needed that refresh to be like, you've come so far from. Believing this about your mind, believing this about your body, believing this about your lifestyle. Like until I was like 27, I didn't 
believe that I'd make it past 30. Like mm. I didn't never envisioned my life longer than that. Like I still obviously I'm trying to live in the present, mm. but before that I was like never thought about myself as being like I'm going to have kids and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Like, and I guess that that is something that really helped me. Um, um, I guess. Develop? Yeah, not, not that like- concept. Like I guess realising that that was something that I believed. Like obviously that wasn't a conscious thought of mine. I just had never thought about it. Yeah. And somebody, um, my psychologist had helped me discover that that was – something that was blocking me in yeah. a way. So I now I will try and work on activities like visualising my future, like what do I actually want, like not necessarily manif- manifesting but like more, well, yeah, do manif- try and manifest but like more thinking about what I want for my future so I don't just like kind of just cruise through the yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so like, you want yeah, it, you've got whatever. goals essentially. Yeah. Something to strive for, live and, for. Yeah, exactly. And those – Say six years ago, I never had – like the goal was just like get up, be skinny, mm. go to sleep, get up at three o'clock so I can go to the gym again. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That type of thing. And obviously that kind of led me into very – A dark spot. Dark spot and then from there I don't want to go back to that, which is essentially the whole reason of being sober. Again. Again. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I think, yeah. One of those things as well, I think going from sober to – not sober. I don't know what you call it. Like, um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's normal because it's not. Sober that's to, not normal. Yes. Sober, sober to not sober. Unsober. Um, sober to. Sober to. Uh, I think those sorts of things like you can try different aspects because some people do that and then go, all right, yeah, now I'm fine now that I've been sober for three months. Let's say, yeah. for example, um, and they go, oh no, I'll have some beers again, and then they do it, and then they're like, fuck. They kind of find themselves spiraling back into that same sort of spot and be like, fuck, all right, I'll do three months off again. But yeah. then they might go six months or four or five, whatever. And then it gets to a point, they just don't drink. And I think that. Which is fine again because it's like alcohol, as much fun. Like I love it. Like I think it's fun and have a good time on it and all that sort of stuff. But definitely there's no need for it. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't do anything that really, like, enhances your life, you know, like. I guess the the whole thing for me when I was like, I want to be able to drink at some stage during my life, it was more the fact that I was thinking about my future and I was like, I want to be able to go, like, go out fishing and have beers. Yeah. Or, like, I want to be able to go down, like, go camping. Yeah, you don't have to be partying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to be able to have social drinks Mm. so I think the thought of being like okay well if I don't stop now then I'm probably going to have to force myself to be sober yeah over okay I still want to have control yeah in a way I guess that was a massive driver and why I wanted to make sure that I could do it and even if you say to me now like do you think you could go another three months I I I think I could go another three months but I think I just need to have a few more coping mechanisms in place rather than just like messaging. For, yeah, well, like for example, messaging you the other day saying I like, hope I didn't do anything to embarrass yeah. you or whatever. That's a form of validation yeah. seeking. Yeah, yeah. Like I I was trying to ease my anxiety by messaging you and say like, hey, ease my anxiety by telling me I didn't do anything embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Like I need to take responsibility of that for myself yeah. rather than 
just know you like it's yeah just acknowledge that you didn't yeah you, know, you didn't do anything embarrassing and, and if I did and if, if you did fuck everyone does yeah like you know obviously some things are on a different scale maybe but everyone does something that they are not going to be super stoked with yeah um, but also it's just accepting that it's like you say it's done can't do anything about it now move forward yeah be more aware of it in the future catch yourself doing it live and learn yeah yeah all right cool well thank you <laughs> Deep dive. No, that was good. It's nice. Yeah. I like those um, little conversations because, I don't know, it's it, it's good to know that not everyone – sorry, that, you know, that there are other people that – like I say, we all have those thoughts. I have those thoughts about that. So it's, it's always nice to hear that other people share those thoughts and emotions as well, you know, maybe yeah. fears I suppose to a degree. Um, so it makes it makes you feel better about yourself – in a not in a Evaluation. selfish way, you a little bit, but like more of like, okay, sweet, I'm not a fucking weirdo. Yeah, well, like I know everyone's, that I am, but everyone's yeah, a fucking weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what like I think it's everyone human. has it's to remember. Mm-hmm. You can't. I th- I was went to say this before, but I couldn't really think of the. It's not a quote, but like I couldn't really think of the expression. Expression, yeah. Like you can't move the goalposts to like suit other people. No. You just have to – they have to be your own goalposts. Like you can't have like, – Sometimes oh, you're going to kick a point. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to go out of bounds. And and the only way – the only way that you're going to figure it out is if you keep practising. 100%. So yeah. like if you think that your goalposts need to be moved to six months down the track and that's your limit for drinking, mm. then move your goalposts down there. Mm. But just because you can drink every weekend and not be anxious and – that means I should be able to. Like, no, doesn't, not at all. It's not the same. And it's like just – it's literally the same. Like you can't compare anyone with anything. Like, oh, look at their body. I want to be like that so I'm going to eat a strip of chicken. Mm. You know, like it's not – there's no way. You're a completely different person. Yeah. And regardless of what you eat or what they eat, doesn't matter. you may not always be the same. Yeah. So. You're born different genetics, all these things. Goalposts, not the same. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Well, <laughs> um, good chat. Yeah. And chat to you on the next one. <laughs>